This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you on this great feast of the ascension of the Lord. You know, Jesus was, in his very person, the meeting of heaven and earth. God and humanity came together in him. We say in him, two natures, divine and human, came together. And therefore, his entire ministry was the outward expression of that inward identity. His whole work was the work of bringing divinity and humanity together. Calling a scattered Israel to unity. Inviting the poor to table fellowship. Healing the sick in body and heart. Embodying the path of forgiveness and love. Everything he said and did was Jesus bringing God's will and purpose to earth. Bringing earth to God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. That great line from Jesus' greatest prayer sums up what I've been describing. Now, in his passion and death, Jesus effectively brought heaven all the way down. He carried the divine life and light precisely into the very darkest places of the human condition, into hatred, into cruelty, into violence, corruption, stupidity, suffering, into death itself. And he thereby transformed them. This is the momentum and deepest purpose of what Christian faith terms the incarnation, right? The enfleshment of God. Heaven and earth coming together. Even the darkest aspects of earth now becoming suffused with the divine light. Now, what proves that the divine life indeed shines in the darkness, what proves that heaven is indeed able to transform the earth, is of course the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. In light of that great event, we know that cruelty, hatred, violence, fear, suffering, and death are not the most powerful forces in the world. Now we know that the divine love is more powerful. God's kingdom, to use Jesus' language, has broken the kingdoms of the world, which thrive upon and in turn produce those very negativities. See, I'm driving it. Every tyranny in history thrives upon and then produces hatred, cruelty, violence, fear. In light of the death and resurrection of Jesus, though, we know that Yahweh, the God of Israel, is 
king. There's the gospel, the Evangelion, the good news. In the face of all the corrupt and violent kings of the world, the church announces, no, God in Christ is king. Heaven and earth have come together. God's will being done here as in heaven. Okay. In light of that very quick telling of the basic Christian story, if you want, the last five minutes have been a fundamental evangelization. That's the Christian story. In light of that, look at the wonderful text we have for this feast of the ascension of the Lord. Luke tells us in our first reading that in the days just before his ascension, Jesus spoke of the kingdom of God, of the reign of God. Then, just moments before he was taken up, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He tells them they don't have to know the exact day or hour, but they will indeed receive power to witness to that kingdom to the ends of the world. Kingdom, reign. The world has a new king, and the disciples have been given a commission to tell everyone about it. And then with that we hear, listen now, Jesus was lifted up, and a cloud took him from their sight. Now, in symbolic language, that means he's gone to heaven. The clouds, the sky is symbolic of heaven. But don't think of this spatially, friends, as an escape from this world. We should think of this rather as another example of heaven and earth meeting. In this case, something of the earth, Jesus' body, going into the dimension of heaven. Or, turn around. Jesus now, from heaven, is reigning over the earth. Heaven and earth in the Bible overlap, intertwine, intermingle. And the great prayer of Jesus, the whole ministry of Jesus, the very person of Jesus, were all about this coming together. Now, Look at the gospel for today from Mark and his very laconic account of the ascension. So then the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and took his seat at the right hand of God. Now, again, we're dealing with symbolic language, friends. Heaven means the sky, what's up there, but don't take that in a literal way. He's been taken up, if you want, into this dimension of God, and has taken his seat at the right hand of God. Again, don't literalize. There aren't chairs in heaven. It's a symbol of Christ reigning, as it were, as the viceroy of God. Think of a prince in the ancient world sitting at the right hand of the king sitting in an attitude of rule and command. That's what Mark is telling us. That's what the ascension means. Christ directing things of earth 
precisely from his place in heaven. And see, friends, how the heavenly positioning of Christ means he can be more, not less present to earth, if that makes sense. From this higher, more inclusive dimension, he can now reign over all the earth. He can be present not simply in Palestine, in one place and time, but now he can be present to all of creation. And that's why the wrong way to think about the ascension is, oh, Jesus has left. He's, he's gone. He's way up there someplace, and now we're on our own. No, no, on the contrary. On the contrary. It means he's gone to reign and to continue the work of building up his kingdom here below. What happened in his own life, person and ministry, now happens in his mystical body, the church, which he is directing. See, and that's why, friends, the ascension forces us to come to grips with a key question. Whom do we finally obey? Whom do we finally serve? Who finally is the king of our life. Now, look, we legitimately obey all kinds of figures, political, cultural, artistic, uh, familial, etc. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. There's all kinds of people that we obey, that we attend to. But there's always an ultimate king. Someone or something from which we take our definitive marching orders. And now every single person listening to me, this is true for you. It's true for everybody. Bob Dylan says, you got to serve somebody, (laughs) right? That's absolutely right. Every one of us serves somebody. Now you say it's it's money, it's success, it's my own ambition, it's my career, it's, it's my family. I mean, whatever it is. But every one of us is serving some ultimate king. Who is it? The claim of the ascension is that Christ is king, and therefore he must be the one whom I finally follow. Listen now what we hear in the gospel. They went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them. See, there's the point I'm making. He's not gone, up there, gone, far away. He's not a a, a figure from the distant past whom we vaguely remember. No, no, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, meaning he's reigning, working with them, the apostles, and all of us, their successors. See, one of the great problems we have today is turning Jesus precisely into this vaguely remembered figure from the distant past. Even if we admire him and say, didn't he teach great things, great spiritual master? Well, yeah, but so what? There are thousands of spiritual masters. What matters about Jesus is he's the king, and he's reigning, and he's actively present in his church. Read the entire Acts of the Apostles with this in mind. It's exactly what Luke is communicating throughout that great book. Is He's saying, look, watch, watch. Look what Jesus is doing as he's reigning through his church. And this is precisely why the angel at the ascension says to the disciples gazing up into heaven, 
why are you standing here looking at the sky? <laughs> See what he's implying. In other words, get to work. Get to work. You've got a king who's issued marching orders, and you know what they are to help build up this new order of God so that the path of love and forgiveness and nonviolence conquers these errant paths of worldly kings. Don't stare up into heaven. Don't look up towards some distant figure. No, get to work now under his leadership. Just a last step in our second reading. Paul specifies what this looks like. Listen, he gave, this is Christ now, he gave some as apostles, others as prophets, others as evangelists, others as pastors and teachers for building up the body of Christ. There it is. Which is why, friends, the single most important thing you can discover or discern in this life is your vocation. What it is that Christ wants you to do specifically to build up the kingdom under his leadership. That's it. That's it. Discerning you know, your job, discerning your, your spouse, discerning how to help your kids, discerning uh, the trajectory of your career. I mean, all that's great. All that's fine. But they are not ultimate. The most important thing you need to discern is, what am I? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or anything else. See, which is your unique and particular way of following the command of Christ who has ascended to heaven and from that vantage point guides and governs the church. That, I think, is what this feast day of the ascension of the Lord is finally about. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.